In this episode on Expand with Jenna Brown, you're going to be meeting a beautiful medicine woman, Tarani Nicole. She is incredible. She's a womb healer, womb priestess, and she is here to share with us the wisdom of the womb, the healing of the womb that awaits you. And in this episode, we're going to go deep into your womb story, the way that it's affecting your life and how to really step into an embodiment that anchors you into the true woman that you are. Okay, welcome everyone to this episode of Expand with Jenna Brown. I'm so excited to be here today because I have a woman who I admire and look up to and cherish her gifts, her wisdom, her medicine um, so deeply. Her name is Tarani and she's here um, this morning. Well, actually it's afternoon where I am um, to to share with us some of her wisdom, but also we're just going to have a conversation today really about what it means to be woman in this day and age. We're actually recording this on International Women's Day. So that's fun. Clearly it's alive for us. But Tani, why don't you um, introduce yourself and share a little bit with us about what you do, who you are. Thank you so much for having me on, Jenna. And, mm-hmm. you know, the biggest thing about myself is that I identify as a medicine woman. So my life, my legacy, and every day how I choose to show up it comes from that space of wanting to be good medicine for this world. Um, the way that that plays out, you know, I'm a womb worker. I love to work with women on their wombs and helping clear trauma, tragedy, karma, all the things from the womb space. Um, I, you know, have a passion for supporting mothers and babies and, you know, women starting businesses and pretty much that whole like creative path as at, for women. I like to support them so that they feel supported and empowered in their process of creation and healing, whether that's from trauma or leaving a divorce or having children, whatever spectrum of life a woman it is in, I like to support her through that process. I definitely am somebody who breaks cycles. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times women will come to me and they're like, I'm ready to break this cycle. And I'm like, cool, let's get it. (laughs) Yes. And it it all comes down to the womb. So everything that I do and the medicine that I serve tends to the womb space. And then from the womb space, we get to work on the rest of the body and the rest of life. So that's me. Mm, Yay. I'm like, there's so many things we could go deep into. So maybe let's start with if someone was listening to this podcast, which I'm sure there there are people that are. Um, and they're like, you're telling me womb, like womb work. What is, what, like, what the hell does that even mean that I'm going to work on my womb? Like, what would that journey even look like? I mean, I know, but share a little Mm -hmm. bit. There's a lot of dimensions to that, right? Because the womb is not only an organ that we birth children from, but it's also an organ that we have sex with. Um, and even beyond that, as women, the womb space is not just an organ, but it's actually a vibrational field that runs our life, right? So mm. the the harmony of when we are present with our womb or our womb is if our womb is healed, that's going to look completely different than if we're carrying karma, trauma, tragedy, and stuff from our lifetime as well as our ancestors, and we're not doing anything with it. So womb healing essentially is the practice of tending to this space looking at the traumas that we've experienced, looking at the traumas of our ancestors and figuring out how to not only heal it, but create something better and new from the energy of our womb space, because it is such a vital organ and energy center that little nuances like sexual trauma as a child, that's still going to be held not only in the energy field of the womb space, but also the physical tissue of you know, the yoni and the vagina and the womb, like the information stored there. So if we want to heal that, it's my personal belief as a medicine woman that we have to give it the medicine it needs to be healed and not just talk Mm. about it or, you know, wish it was different or stuff it away. We actually have to tend to it and do the energy work, do the physical work, do the movement, all of that medicine. And specifically my practice of womb work looks like womb massages, you know, I do Mm. hands-on body work for women, Um, but also somatic therapy and tantric arts are ways that we tend to the womb as well. I love that. It reminds me, we were talking before we pushed record and we're talking about um, just this question right now that's kind of in the collective and in us of 
what it means to be a woman in this modern world and how we can expand that. And, and truly like, what is the difference between being wounded as a woman and, and being embodied? And I think you brought up a really true point <laughs> is that we have learned, like we've learned to be taught through the mind, which is so conditioned, right? And like, here's some information about the womb. And it can be so easy to be like, oh, I know this thing about the womb now. So therefore I'm quote unquote doing womb work, but really like the work is within, like you said, with the embodiment, with the practice, with the tending to, with the movement, with the sub, because the womb is subconscious. It's literally your subconscious. So the subconscious work and, and realizing the stories and patterns that are held there, the effects are unreal when you start to really go, go deep into it. Yeah. And I think the pillar of being an embodied woman is being in relationship with your womb. Mm. You know, even if you no longer have a physical organ, if you've had a hysterectomy or, you know, um, anything like that, it's like still being in relationship with that space. And part of being in a relationship is like, we're available for it. Just like with our children, we're not hopefully <laughs> going to just ignore the trauma, ignore the the problems until they're so in our face that we literally have to fall to the ground and break down in order to actually listen to the womb. We're present, we're listening every day. We're tuning in and, and doing our best to live in a way that's actually in harmony with our womb and not just like following the status quo of what our mind has learned that it means to be a woman. You know, this we're, we're unveiling a lot of mysteries um, so many, you know, and I think one of the, when I first woke up this morning, knowing that it's international women's day, it's like, Whoa, it is such a blessing to be a woman right now in this mm. time, especially, you know, we're both privileged to be American women. Right. Mm. And it's like, where's the power in that? Where's the privilege in that? And how can we actually live our lives in a way that does that justice? Yeah. Because we have resources and we have opportunities to be not only like healers and, and, and women who are making change in the world, but like, we're safe to do that. You know, yeah. like, we can, we're not going to be burned at the stake or anything mm -hmm. like that. Like we can openly talk about it, which is just such a blessing. But when it comes to the wounds, it's like, we're even carrying that still in our, in the womb space, you know, from our ancestors that weren't able to speak their truth that literally had to hide and live in secrecy and shadow in order to protect their lives or had husbands that you know forced them to be certain ways like it's not just our stuff that we're holding on to in the womb it's like also our lineage a hundred percent yeah I um god there's so many things I could say but I think that it's something you said like really hit me that the responsibility piece so I taught I work a lot with women who are moving from codependency, right? Well, I work mainly with women that are in business, but I think this goes with women in general. We were taught that womanhood, motherhood, I'll say for me as a mom of three, like is codependency. And then we project that into business and we're like, oh, now we're codependent on our clients and we're codependent on money and we're codependent on our business. And for us to feel safe and when you say the word responsibility, it, it always like brings this invitation to me to step into the mother archetype that I really am. But the, it also brings up part of probably my womb trauma of like the aspects of where I have carried that responsibility in leadership and felt like it crushed me. And so it's just like interesting, right? When you said that, I was like, who responsibility. That's always like a big, it's not a trigger word. It's just like a it holds a lot. Like there's so much collective energy that goes into the word responsibility. And, and mm -hmm. what does that mean to mm -hmm. say, like, as a woman, like when you say we're privileged and, and we have this opportunity, especially as women with platforms and people following us and clients that we're leading and teaching. And then we're like, also we have this responsibility. Right. And anyways, mm -hmm. I don't know if you have yeah. any thoughts on that, but I was just like, Oh damn. Like that is so like a vein of one of the reasons why I feel like we don't as women step into this leadership mother archetype role, regardless if you're a physical mother or not, by the way, if you don't know what I'm talking about, but one of the reasons why I feel like we avoid stepping into it is because what does responsibility mean now? Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely without a doubt. And it, it is, you know, there is a weight to that world, that word, especially when it relates to 
being the women of this generation and being the women who have the capacity to do the healing work that we that we get to do it's like whether we're mothering children or we're mothering you know a, a paradigm shift in reality or mothering other women in their businesses or their reality it's like no matter what when you choose to step into that motherhood role you're leading something right yeah so it's a big responsibility and um there's a lot there but the beauty of it is it's like when we're living in right relationship with ourselves and our bodies and, you know, doing ourselves justice, then that leadership becomes easy, you know, yeah. to an extent. I mean, I, there's challenges, but it's like, it's coming from your heart. You are actually in a state where you can show up and give and do what you love and love what you do. But if you're miserable in your body and you have all these wounds that are going unnoticed and bypassed, then it's kind of like, supporting other people it's like it it takes a toll on you yeah well and in our narrative as women up until recently in my opinion was that you do support everyone else at the sacrifice of yourself right mm-hmm. so that question of like what does it mean to be a woman now is is totally flipping everything on its head so like you said we're not just holding our personal stories womb trauma it's our mother and our grandmother and our mm-hmm. grandmother's mother and when I think about, I mean, I don't know about yours, but when I think of my lineage, like there's a lot there. That I'm like, oh, yeah. you're welcome to all of my ancestors. Yeah. Um, <laughs> right. And then I have two daughters as well and a son. And it, it's like, it can, it can feel overwhelming when you're like, oh my God, like this is a, this is a, this is a lot. When someone is kind of stepping into this world where they're stepping into this experience of, I want to play with somatic. Like I, I want to be in my body and experience somatic release. And I want to, I want to, I want to tap into my womb space and release mm-hmm. some of these things. What is that usually, or what have you found that that usually is triggered by, or like, how does someone come into your world? It's like this element of being ready to break down the illusion Mm. of what the world has taught you to be as a woman or how you're supposed to show up or how you're supposed to feel or what it's supposed to look like. Typically women come to me because they're sick and tired of being sick and tired and they're ready for revolution. And one thing I said in the beginning of the podcast is I, I help women break cycles. Right. And so this experience of, you know, like you said, taking care of everybody else and then like sacrificing our own needs, like that's a cycle right? It's a cycle yeah. that's like, you know, global, globe, a global cycle for, cycle for women. So in order to change that cycle, it begins with us, you know? So 100%. when we're, when we're ready to come into this healing work, especially when it comes to somatics and learning how to be in the body as a woman and how to lead from that space and live from that space, you have to be willing to meet yourself. And when we meet ourselves, it's a extremely important to have a lot of compassion because there's a lot there, right? Like there might be sexual trauma, there might be birth trauma, there might be childhood trauma with parents and and just things like that. So a lot of times what happens when we go through tragedy or trauma is like we become desensitized and part of our system and the way that it reacts to these experiences is it disassociates when we're wanting to do womb healing and and any healing, it's like, we really have to come back into the body so that we can sensitize ourselves enough to actually feel the truth of like how deeply hurt we are, how sorry we are, you know, whatever the situation is and actually figure out what medicine that needs. And the beauty about somatic work and why it's such a foundation for womb healing is that it brings us back in the body. So we actually can be present for the healing Because Mm -hmm. women, what do we always want in our relationships? Like we want more presence, you know, we want to feel like we got this. We want to feel like we're held. And so when we're wanting to do self-healing work, we have to be present with ourselves. We have to work on healing ourselves in a way that's like, I'm here, I'm present in my body. And then through that, we can figure out where that trauma is stored and, and free it from the body. And therefore the psyche. Yes. Love. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I've been really, um, I wish people could be in my brain for five seconds when I watch TV, cause it's mm-hmm. annoying to hear my own thoughts. But basically what I do is I'm just like always picking up 
I'm a generator. So I'm like, well, I'm manifesting generator, but I'm like responding in my head to things 24 seven. Okay. And when I'm watching something, I'm always like, so aware of how we're being programmed. Cause I work in subconscious reprogramming and I'm constantly just like, wow, look, here I'm being hypnotized for this and like, whatever. Mm-hmm. And something I was watching the other day, I don't remember what it was, but it was talking about, um, the brain and the body or the mind and the body. And, and like, there is literally no difference. Like the subconscious mind is the body. And I think that that's the thing that people listening should remember is like, when you were, we're being ingrained so deeply of like, do mindset work, do mindset work. But like, this is probably controversial, but like, there's no real such thing as that without embodiment. Cause like your body holds the map, like your body is the map of the subconscious. And when people are saying do mindset work, what they're really saying is observe your subconscious reality, like that you keep recreating. Right. Mm -hmm. And how do you do that? Right. Well, you have to, you have to shift the paradigm that lives within your body, within your cells. Mm -hmm. And womb work is so powerful because it's, it's straight to the source. And Mm -hmm. I love what you said about, um, you love to hold space for the creative path for the woman, because that's what woman is, right. Mm -hmm. It's like, we're creators. (laughs) We yeah. are like center women, everyone, and your the world's problems will be solved. We're literally, literally creators. Like we are literally creators. And and I am, yeah, like having had life in my womb three times and birthing human children is the most insane experience ever. But to do that three times and experience like a soul, literally a soul and spirit coming into flesh inside of the portal of my womb. Like how powerful is this place that we have all been trained and ingrained to hate and disown and be grossed out with. And it's like, actually like the, the literal creative center of everything. Cause there Mm -hmm. would not be human beings if there was not the womb, it's the Mm -hmm. birthplace of everything and everyone. And so of course there's so much mystery there. And there's this like very deep invitation, I believe into the, the mystery of the womb, but also like the, the freedom of the womb of we as women, I believe we're recreating ourselves over and over again and we're rebirthing. Right. And for us, for me working in business, working with women in business, my business is just another way of doing that. Right. Like it's just a catalyst. It's a container for my rebirth, which I love. I'm super Mm -hmm. grateful for it. And within that, it's like, how much more powerful is it? It's not disconnected, I guess, is what I'm trying to say, to do womb work. It, it is the work. It is, yeah. Because that's where the desires come from. You know, yeah. it's like one of my beloved sisters, um, Hannah Grosso, she shares that God is in your womb or the goddess is in your womb and liberation is in your heart. So if God mm. and goddess are in our womb, then, and they're like, this is where we get like pretty deep into my own personal philosophy is it's like when we have these desires, whether that's like for our life or for our business or the world, it's like that desire is actually a prayer from God or goddess, whatever you believe Mm. in. So it's not just like, I'm like, okay, like I want to do this retreat because I want to do it. It's like, no, like the goddess wants me to do this retreat and I'm listening to that prayer. So if God and goddess exists in my womb, Mm. then all the creative power of course exists there not only just for birthing my children but also for birthing the revolution that this world desires and needs or the pleasure that I desire and I need in my life so that that relationship with our womb space is so important especially if we're wanting to expand our reality like yeah you can't you know there's there's this experience that a lot of women are breaking free from in our planet where they're living above, women are living above their womb. You know, they're mm-hmm. living in their head, they're kind of living in their heart, but they are not really tapped into their womb. The most that they realize about their womb is that they bleed and that they can get pregnant, right? And then yeah. they take control to try to like change those two situations and manipulate them. And then that, you know, it's like a whole thing, right? Yeah. So it's really big for women to actually come into their womb space. And when they do that, they harness so much more power, but also so much more peace in their life. Like the power is already there. Right. But really what I think we should focus on is like the peace, because Mm. when you're living embodied in the womb space and you're not just living above the womb, you don't have to control life as much. You know, it's like this hyper perfectionism, this hyper control that a lot of women try to live in this like masculine world. It's like, 
it doesn't have to be that way. Come home, right. to your body, come home to your womb and you get to shift that by coming into relationship with the body. And then being in a relationship with the body is the best way to be of service to the goddess or God. Yeah. Oh, love. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm like, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, okay. So I love when you do this, but will you share with us like uh, the, essentially like the four pillars of the womb mm-hmm. story? Can you share that here? Yeah. So Jen and I have worked on this in quite a bit, both for her personally and for her clients. And this is the womb story. And so the womb story is essentially the blueprint for our our lives as women and how our lives unfold upon itself based off of these four pillar big big picture moments of our life so the first element of the womb story begins as soon as we're born right so the moment we come out of our mother's womb that is the first big piece of our womb story that directly relates to how we give birth to things in this world how we create things right so if you were born through a cesarean there's probably a chance that a lot of times your creative process there's intervention right Mm -hmm. things defer you or you're not quite sure how to like do it on your own and you need to call for support like there's certain you know, little dynamics that take place in our life based off of this element of the womb story and how we create. Yeah. The second piece is our first bleed. So when we first get our menstrual cycle, that piece of the womb story is directly related to how we release things. So, Mm -hmm. you know, from my own personal experience, um, my first bleed was very like secretive. I didn't tell any of my family until I like absolutely had to. And I went to my father's house and he didn't have anything. My mother's house, I grew up with two sisters, uh, older sisters and my mom. So there's obviously things that I knew what to do. But when I went to my dad's house, I had to like break down and tell him and I was so embarrassed. So yeah. a lot of times that relates directly to how we let go of things. So for me, part of my process of letting go was like, I don't know how to communicate about her. I don't know how to express. I don't know how to ask for what I need yeah. for me to let go and of where I feel supported and I feel taken care of. Right. It's like, yeah. this, there's this element of like suffering just from the embarrassment or whatever. Yeah. So that's the second pillar of the womb story. And that relates to how you release third is your first time having sex. And that is all about how you receive. Mm-hmm. So you know, what was your first experience like having sex and how does that relate to how you receive? What are the little nuances around that? Was it consensual? Was your body a full yes? Was it rushed? Were you listened to? Was it pleasurable? Those little things are nuances on how you receive in the world. And then the last pillar of the womb story is our birth. If and when you choose to have children, this is that, that big pillar moment. And then it will repeat itself as you have children. And then of course there's other Things that can happen to us, like if you are sexually assaulted, that's going to be a big part of your womb story mm-hmm. and how you handle your your boundaries and things of that nature. So those are the four main, though. Your first you know, time being born, your first bleed, your first time having sex, and your first time birthing children. And the one with you know how we birth our children, that one is related to like how we honor our creative power in life, how we show up to life, how are we choosing to... Live and lead, live and lead life, just like we talked about that archetype of the mother. How how do we live in this mother essence? Is she the martyr? Is she feeling like her needs are met? Do you know how to ask for what you need? You know, it's like that. That's kind of part of the process of that fourth pillar of the womb story. And so the thing with the womb story is we can't change the story. You know, what's done is done. That's our reality. That that's what we're working with. So we can't change the story, but what we can change is the narrative. And this is the work that I've done with Jenna and and many, many other women, women around the world is changing the narrative around our womb story so that it's no longer negatively impacting us. So I can't change the fact that my first time having sex was really undesirable, um, feeling like taken advantage of feeling, you know, insecure. I can't change that. But what I can change is the narrative of, okay, now I realize how that experience impacted the way that I receive things Now I know, you know, there's some indecision around the way I receive things in my life. Sometimes I'm not hundred percent sure what I want to receive. So knowing that I can change the narrative to be like, okay, I have to be really clear and present in my body and totally present with life to know what I want to receive and actually dictate it in a way that is like harmonious and not just like, oh yeah, I guess I'll take it, you know? (laughs) 
So you have to look at these elements of the story and dissect it to actually find like, where did I give my power away and where do I need to take it back? Yes. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times these things are involuntary. Like we can't necessarily control the way that we were born. Like that was part of our destiny and, you know, our soul knew what it was doing. So yeah. We can't change that, but we can change the narrative so that it can be more empowering for us and that we can actually have that as our operating system and not the the stored trauma. Yeah, I know when I first did like our very first session, probably, I don't know, a year ago or something, mm-hmm. um, I have like, <clears throat> my my first birth was super traumatic. And what was so interesting was, so I, I had a natural birth and then, um, birthed my son. And right after I ended up having uterine inversion. So like they pulled my placenta and pulled my uterus out of my body and then manually replaced their fist up into my body. And mm-hmm. I felt the whole entire thing. Then they overdosed me on medication. I almost died. It was a whole thing, obviously. <laughs> it was a whole thing. Um, but what, and like, I knew that and I've done so much trauma work, around that story. But, um, what, what I found super cool and really helpful for me was that in that space, I, when I was with you, you had pointed out that when I'm going to birth things into the world, there's this part of me that holds back. Like at the time there was this mm-hmm. part of me that was holding back my energy, like, pre, pre, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like preserving it a little bit mm-hmm. so that I would have the energy to go through the bad thing that was going to happen afterwards. Mm-hmm. And whenever that kind of, you know, came anything that comes to light, right. It's all that light bulb moment. is always something subconscious is coming to your conscious mind. And you're like, Oh my God, that's totally true. And that's affecting every single thing in my life. Right. Mm-hmm. And it was this, it was so true. It was this process of when I was going to birth something really great. I was literally holding parts of myself back. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyways, that's been in my conscious mind for a while. And it's been something that I continue to look back at and be like, where are we with that? Like, where are we with that narrative and how have I reframed it? And I find it interesting because the correlation with my, at my birth, like from my mother was back in the day, you know, you had separate rooms, like from where you're laboring and where you're delivering. I, and like, they would wheel you to like, okay, let's go deliver now or whatever. Mm-hmm. And my mom, I was coming out like in the hallway right and everyone was like no 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 like not yet like hold on and I had before I ever worked with you I had done a subconscious like hypnotherapy session where I went back to my birth and that's what I went back to and it was like all of the voices that were trying to hold me back and hold me in were saying like we're not ready for you yet basically Mm -hmm. and that was like an imprint before I ever knew anything about womb story Mm -hmm was that was an imprint that I was playing out of like the world isn't ready for me yet they they can't handle my bigness they can't handle like all of me anyway so it's just so crazy and not crazy when you really start to lean into these stories and realize how it seems so simple quote unquote but it like is that simple right like it's like yeah. your creation center and your body is literally recreating the same things the same energetic experiences over and over again anyways so it's been yeah. really amazing to use that those parts of my story and move through them at different points in time and work with somatic release and all these things to really dive into why is my experience with this the way that it is and how does it have to stay that way (laughs) yeah like does it have to stay that way and then how can we make it serve us right because you know it's my personal belief that like our oversoul like we have soul contracts and like we have free will but there's certain things like, especially coming into this world, we are at full surrender, you know, as like that little infant coming into the world. So it's yeah. like, how can we make this work for us? Right. And that is the power element, right? Like knowing like, okay, I can, I can take this tragedy or this thing that I had no control over and figure out a way for it to work for me. That's igniting your power. Yeah. And that ignition takes place subconsciously and consciously so you're creating a rainbow bridge for your transformation to actually happen. And yeah. it's not just like, oh, like that really sucked and I don't like that. And I still don't feel good about it. And like every time I think about birthing my daughter, like my womb hurts and it's just like mm-hmm. this paralyzing experience. Sadly, like the world has made us think that we just like what's done is done and there's nothing we can do about it. All we can do about it is go to therapy and talk about it. And that's how it's going to change. Maybe for some people, but for, in my experience, a lot of women, we got to go into the body. We got to yeah. move the energy. We got to scream it out, yell it out, shake yeah. our bodies, 
A hundred percent. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I think too, like there's a part of us that wants it to be harder than it is. Like sometimes I think we avoid the thing that actually will bring us the release because it's like too easy. (laughs) And I think that I do that. I don't know if you ever do that still, but I still have moments where I'm like, I can tell I'm in a cycle. I'm in a pattern. I'm triggered, whatever it is. And I know all of the tools I teach all the tools, but like, I'm like avoiding the tools because it's like, I know it'll work. I don't know yeah. if that's ever happened to you, but that yeah. um, is something that I notice. where I'm like, you know, that it can, you can move it out of your body. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I find that fascinating of how we do make things harder than it actually is uh, mm-hmm. or that they already are. I should guess I should say. Yeah. And I think that's, that comes down to like the, the ancestral element of our womb and like how that, you know, our ancestors, it's like, they didn't know what the hell to do. They were just like, a lot of times in really constricting, controlled environments where their desires, needs, etc. weren't Mm -hmm. met. So it was like this really big, complex thing. And now that we're women who are in a generation where we have a level of sovereignty and ability to listen to ourselves and care for ourselves and ask for what we need, like, when it's simple, it's like, wait, what you're telling me? I just have to like, you know, like shake my body or scream like myself first. It's like, wait, what? No way. Like, it's like, of course the societal narrative, but also like our ancestral lineage being like, oh wait, can I do that? Can I actually do that? You know? Um, so it's, it's a really revolutionary time that we're living in. And there's a lot of variables that are present in in the daily life of a modern woman when it comes to her healing and her liberation and her empowerment. And if we're wanting to expand, we have to be present for it. We have to be present for it all and know that we're capable of it and know that there's resources to pull upon, right? Like you and I are resources for women so Mm -hmm. they can expand and not have to do it all on their own because that's yeah. kind of part of that that wounded feminine um, experience is feeling like you have to do it all on your own. And it's just, wow. we can't, we don't have to. And, you know, pr- maybe that looks like, you know, having a session with somebody who can support you or joining their membership or reading their books. It's like, there has to be some level of personal engagement and investment to feel supported, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? And, and that is so empowering that I get yeah. to be like, whoa, okay, I want to have a womb healing session with this woman and I have to make that choice to step forward and do that. And I have that opportunity and that choice. Mm-hmm. So it's like in whatever capacity, if we want to break the cycles, if we want to change, if we want to expand, we have to be willing what it's going to do, what it's going to take, you know, and that can be really simple. It can be really big. You know, our nervous system might think it's like something really big and hard and then we do it and it's like, oh, boop, that was easy. You know? <laughs> yeah, this sounds familiar. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like when you send months like like I can be that version of myself or whatever. And then it happens. And it was just like a blip on the radar. You're like, oh, yeah. I just kept that away from myself for so long. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's important to be kind to ourselves in that process too, because we're working through a lot. And so every little thing matters. And, you know, you know, I see it a lot where women are really hard on themselves, really hard, you know, especially when it comes to being mothers and, or business owners or being in that leadership role and having that responsibility. It seems like for a lot of women, me included, it can be really hard. And, you know, it's just so important when we're healing on a personal level and a planetary level to just be so kind to ourselves and patient and understanding, like we're doing the best we can with what we got. And every day we have the opportunity to choose to do better. And so as long as we're not staying complacent, I think that we're doing the best we can. Yeah. I have one more like open-ended type question and then we can go Mm -hmm. into like specifics of how people can follow you and, Mm -hmm. and work with you. Um, but what do you think, like what, this is how I want to ask this, like in your reality and your, in your perspective, what is the difference? Like, how can you tell if you are operating as a wounded woman versus an embodied woman? Mm-hmm. What do you see? Or how, how could we tell uh, as women like, oh, I, I'm like in my 
one, I think people have the illusion that like, once you are like an embodied woman, quote unquote, you never have wounded characteristics. Right. So maybe we can break that paradigm, but, um, yeah, like how, how can you tell the difference? Like, how would I be able to tell, how could someone else tell if they're Mm -hmm. operating out of their woundedness or in their embodiment? I love that you brought that up. because that was the first thing that came to mind. It's it's like, we're always going to have wounds, right? Like that's kind of part of the human conundrum. You know, we're working it out right now. If we don't have wounds then it's kind of like, you might as well be an enlightened being. And I don't really know many enlightened beings on the planet, but yeah, (laughs) I know some who pretend, but I don't don't know. Exactly. So there's always going to be some kind of wound to heal. But the, when we're talking about the, the archetypal dynamics of a wounded feminine and an embodied feminine, there is a difference, right? Wounded feminine is staying in the tragedy. She's staying in the cycle. She's not listening and she's actually choosing to continue to like go in that cycle, right? Yeah. And a lot of times we can see that as, you know, bypassing her needs, people pleasing, right? Not Mm -hmm. sticking up herself, not having clear boundaries, you know, staying stuck on certain things that, you know, really she has the power to shift and change in her life by choosing herself. Yeah. That's like the wounded feminine, right? Mm-hmm. Embodied feminine, she sees the wounds, she's present with the wounds, and she takes action to do what she needs to do to heal those wounds. She's embodied with them. She's present. When, when we think about the word embody, it's literally embody. I'm present. I'm here. I'm fully here for that. You know, when we're embodied women, and that's, you know, my goal as a womb healer and the work that I do is like, I want to support every as many women as possible coming back to their body and actually living an embodied lifestyle right yeah and that element mm-hmm. is being present with the wounds and and choosing to heal them that doesn't mean that you have to you know fly across the world and go to some crazy luxurious retreat and you know sit with somebody who's getting like you can do that but really an embodied woman is simply even just waking up in the morning and saying hey body what do you need today? You know? Yeah. Or somebody trying to take advantage of you and actually saying, no, I don't tolerate that. Yeah. You know, standing up for yourself. So it's like a little bit of a narrative and like where we're at in like industry, you know, in order to be an embodied woman, I have to go and, you know, spend all this money and do all these courses, all these things, which can be super supportive, right. And super powerful and revolutionary. But also it's like, yeah, you got to start at the beginning. Like, yeah. how, how are you treating yourself when you first wake up? How are you, 100%. you know, how are you responding to life when people are taking advantage of you? Like, how are you breaking the cycle of being a people pleaser? Like those elements are so important. And then of course, if you want to like invest, like that can only further and support you, but you can't bypass those elements of like actually taking care of yourself. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. And I, I, I've been thinking about that a lot because I'm so the type of person that I am where I am. So I speak from where I am at this moment, if that makes sense, total generator life. And mm-hmm. I like forget sometimes about like all of the journey, right? That not that I'm like complete, but the journey that's brought me to where I am now. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that journey started with me laying on a bed and like choosing myself for a year of being like, I say no to everyone except for myself. Everyone hates me right now. That's fine. But but all I'm going to do is like start with putting a nourishing food piece of food in my body. <laughs> like, and like, and literally I couldn't walk up the stairs in my recovery journey from sepsis. And like, I literally couldn't walk up the stairs. So like my very beginning journey of embodiment truly was like me taking deep breaths and like drinking water and learning to read again. Cause I couldn't read cause I couldn't comprehend anymore. And like, I was reading children's books, like things that I forget, like people are like, Jenna, where's your book? And I'm like, sure it's coming but also like let's not forget the journey (laughs) that Mm -hmm. brought me here then like shit dude like I literally yeah I I love my life and I live like an incredible life I truly have everything that I want and ever desired everything Mm -hmm. else now is just gravy but you know how did I get here and I think that's the thing that I maybe feel the responsibility as I'm saying this to share more of that because Mm -hmm. true embodied leadership isn't really what people see up front right? It's like you said, it's when you wake up and roll over and you're like, Hey buddy, how are you? Oh, you don't want to do that today. Oh, you are feeling taken advantage of by that person, but you really struggle with confrontation because of in second grade, this and this and this happened. Okay. Well, I'm going to meet you where you're at and I'm going to release that. Right. It's like Mm -hmm. things that no one is seeing that is 
behind the Instagram screen and behind the accolades, but it's the foundation pieces, right? Embodiment is the foundation that then allows you to be trustworthy as a, as a coach or as a leader or as a business Mm -hmm. owner for someone to say, I want to invest in in your product or in you or in myself in this way Mm -hmm. is there's that level. And I think that that's coming back to that word responsibility, right? The responsibility Mm -hmm. is to yourself and the responsibility Mm -hmm. is to your own embodied journey. And if Mm -hmm. you're being honest with yourself right now in this moment, are you actually embodied in those foundations? Like, are you actually caring for yourself or are you obsessed with the idea of what is to come, right? Rather than being Mm -hmm. like, let myself, let my body let my cells be a foundation to receive. Exactly. And that's, you know, when we look at the womb story, it's like, you know, wh- how did we first engage with like that responsibility of putting ourselves first or, you know, receiving in a way that's actually in harmony with like what our body is ready to receive, you know, and something that I've been yeah. thinking about recently, not is in my business and my relationships, and like the whole spectrum of my life is how, sometimes my mind can be so keen on something like, yeah, I want that or I can do that. But my physical body, my nervous system is like, er, like, no, <laughs> Y'all- I'm not ready for that. You know, so yep. <laughs> it's a delicate process and we're it all is. learning. Like we're, you know, I'll 100%. say it again, like, there's so many variables that we are working through mm-hmm. on a daily basis as modern women. So we have to be kind to ourselves and gentle ourselves, but also just like, being present and knowing like, okay, cool. I did this and that's enough. Yeah. And tomorrow something else will come up and I'll take care of it. And that's enough. And that's how you get to a place where it's like, you're no longer wounded and you're actually embodied and you're in overflow. And you know, you're really living the truth of like your Dharma and being of service to the world. It's like, you can't do that from a wounded place. Not only will it not work and you will eventually fall apart. Is It's like, people will feel that too. hundred percent. Yeah. What came up for me and I have like earlier when I accidentally cut you off, this is what was coming up was Mm -hmm. when we say the word presence, it's really masculine energy. It's the inner masculine, the divine masculine. And as a feminine leadership guide, healer, business coach, all the things that I, I, all the roles that I play here in this land, the Mm -hmm. the biggest thing, right. That comes back in working with women is we're all like, I want to embody my feminine. I want to receive, right. Like I want a million dollar business. I want this and this and this, which are all beautiful desires, but like, if they can't be held by the inner masculine, then we they never come to fruition. And yeah. what I've noticed in myself and working with hundreds of women at this point in and fe- reclaiming their feminine and embodying their feminine, it's really a journey in trusting your inner masculine, right? Yeah. It's, it's rewiring and, and reprogramming that like, I am safe to be held by the universe, by God, by goddess, mm-hmm. by myself, by my partner. If I have one by relationships that I'm in, by my business as a container, by money, right? Like it's, it's so fascinating because everything you're saying is like, it's really like this secret covert little mission of like, uh, <laughs> when we say we're going to heal our feminine, it's really like this undercover little mission of we're actually going to like little by little heal the masculine wounding within ourselves to trust mm-hmm. that like I'm present, right? Like when you're present yeah. with your womb, you're being masculine holding space for the feminine of your womb, right? Like you're playing yeah. both parts. So and that's, that's the so foundational. <laughs> what? It's foundational and that's the healing of the world, right? Like, yeah. You're welcome, everyone. <laughs> we need women to be embodied and no yeah. longer in the cycles of trauma because yeah. as we are, we're healing our inner masculine, which then is able to manifest in the outer world. And like, you know, I was talking with a friend the other night is it's like women have been in this pressure cooker of freaking healing over the last decade because we need the men to heal. And in order for the men to heal, the feminine has to be in a space to actually hold that. Yes. Y'all and receive it. And receive how many women are like, I want a divine masculine man. And like, (laughs) but they couldn't receive it because they're, they're not even turned on by it. Because yeah. they're so wounded in their own inner masculine that they're like, oh, that's like, yeah, I always am. I always say my journey was, re- is always receiving like my partner. He's such a beautiful example of divine masculine energy. Mm-hmm. We've been married for 10 years this year. Mm-hmm. And like, it's always been my journey of me actually receiving that. Like, it's never been my journey of me getting anything. It's me receiving what I already have. 
yeah so it's it, like it's funny and yeah we can go on about that forever and it's just that foundational truth of like when you tend to the womb like there's so much more that like you can't really break those cycles as a woman without tending to the womb and you can't really expect change without being present in the body and that takes harmonizing the the feminine masculine energy and what happens a lot is it's like subconsciously we're like doming our masculine pushing him in a corner like you're only worthy here yeah only letting you be here right shit yeah we can't that that puts us in a place where we're just kind of like ah, like wandering the aim wandering aimlessly like somebody rescue me it's like y'all been there (laughs) (laughs) yeah been there wrote the book I didn't write the book it'll be a part of my book um yeah 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 Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I mean the inner masculine shit yeah maybe that's what it should be called that's what it was no I'm just kidding because we don't want people to do that (laughs) that'll be like chapter one um (laughs) yeah I think a lot of people can relate to it too especially when you start to learn the true energetics of feminine and masculine energy and like how that relates to our wounds and like what polarity are we actually playing in Yes. Mm-hmm. This podcast part two. We'll do we'll do another one yeah. sometime. Yeah. Podcast part two. We'll go into that. It's alive. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Okay. So share with us how we can find you on what platforms are you mostly on and how can we find you, follow you, and what type of like offerings do you have that someone who's like, okay, I'm hearing everything you're saying. I want to dive into some of this womb work. How can they start to work with you? Thank you so much for that invitation. And yeah. Really, the best place to begin is with my online presence on Instagram, uh, Tarani Nicole, just like my name is spelt. I post loads of free content there that speaks to be really revolutionary and really supportive for thousands and thousands and thousands of women. So that's a really beautiful place to begin. And then one of a really, a really good way to start working with my work is I have two free offerings that you can find on my website. And one of them is a, a course called Embodiment Codes. And that's a really beautiful foundational course for how to begin to evolve beyond living as a wounded feminine paradigm and stepping into embodied feminine paradigm. And then I also have a book called, you know, the female body as a living temple. It's a little ebook and it'll just kind of teach you on how to like actually treat your body as a living temple and not just like a body doing the things. And right. So those are two great ways to just if you want to work with me super accessibly, like that's a great way. And that'll also get you into my email list so that you'll stay updated with anything I share. And then, you know, really, if you want to take it deeper, the best way to work with me is one-on-one. I have, of course, like group mentorship programs, retreats that happen throughout the year, but really working with me one-on-one is the highest transformation I can offer you because we go deep and I'm able to listen to you and be there for you and psychically see, you know, and, and the ways that I do that is, can be really, 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 really deep and profound and personal. Yeah. Outside of that, you know, I have the Temple of Her Mentorship, which we're opening enrollment for in May. So by the time okay. it comes out, yep. it'll probably be great timing for that. So that's a, that's a group mentorship program. But really, like, just stay in my field and you'll heal, you'll learn. And when you're ready to dive deeper, I'm available. You know, this is yeah. my... This is my dharma, my purpose. So I'm present for it in all capacities. Okay, I have one more question. I should have yeah. asked this before, but it just sparked now. How did you know that this was your dharma? Because oh I think God. so many women have that question of how do I know? The magic is it just unfolded, you know, like through my own personal experience. You know, I grew up with pretty intense childhood trauma. Like both of my parents were addicts and had lost my sister before I was born. So just like there was a lot of trauma there. And then by the grace of God, I was sent a woman as a teenager who was a Reiki master and a devout Buddhist. And she kind of took me under her wing, taught me about meditation and energy healing. And then from there, things just began to shift through me learning and changing the elements of my life, you know, Mm -hmm. And then, you know, eventually I I was, I'm a victim of sexual assault. So through that experience and my own personal healing journey, I knew that if I could heal from this, so can other women and Mm. we need more women who can actually support women through that process. And so that it's just kind of like the magical unfoldment of like how life served me. And through that, I just keep following the breadcrumbs. And now I'm at a place in my life where I'm like, 
okay, I see it. Like I see the bigger picture. I see what we're doing. I see why you did that to me. Yeah. I see why I was born into this family. And I think for any woman who is wanting to expand into her leadership roles, it's like, look at the little, you know, breadcrumbs of your life and see how there there's been some foreshadowing there. So yeah, biggest thing. Like, how did I know? I just, it was just an undeniable thing of like, it's a disservice for me not to, not to help other women (laughs) through this, you know, because I've been there, see it from the essence of like childhood trauma, drug abuse, sexual assault, all the like really heavy stuff. I've been there. So I know how to hold women through that. Yes. Yeah. I definitely get that when you're at the point where you're like, it's now selfish of me if I don't share this medicine. (laughs) Mm-hmm. that's when you're like okay I think I think I know somewhere I'm in the in the dharma line I'm in the dharma vein exactly <laughs> okay well um thank you so much for being here I adore you your medicine is so potent to everyone listening I highly recommend being in Tarani's field getting in her free courses doing her group programs doing a one-on-one session especially with her this this will literally like genuinely change your life not just like a it's a fun little side thing to do. This is the future of, I'm speaking right now specifically to women in business. Like this is the future of your business. You're birthing all the time and you're recreating in your business. The future of that is within your womb, whether you have a physical womb or the energetic space of that and the memory that's held there, that this is the foundational piece that when you really go into this, it begins to shift everything. So it's so worthy of your time and your investment. Um, I recently had like another womb experience like a womb mapping done in December or something. Mm -hmm. And I've been doing womb work for a little bit over a year now, I think. And within that, she was like, your womb is the clearest womb I've ever been in. And I was like, what? I was like, that's so exciting. And, and coming from a space of like, I don't even know. I I mean, like the trauma that my womb had went through is, is so extensive. So so then to be with a a stranger who was just like, your womb is so clear and I I can credit it to Tarani and, Mm -hmm. and, and so many of her practices that, um, um, and obviously myself too. I'm not just like, oh, it's not me at all. Uh, <laughs> I don't like women when women do that. Yeah. But uh, that, yeah, like it truly works. So genuinely shifts the way that you birth and create mm-hmm. in the world. Cause that's what you're here to do. So let us clear the field so that we're clear and we can truly birth in the way that we want to. Break yeah. those cycles, baby. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so you're much for testimony. I love thinking back to our, our first session and how that how that shifted things. So, um, I can definitely agree. And you're when I, when I think about it, I'm like, Oh yeah, like we did it. <laughs> we did it, baby. We did it. Yeah, we did. Oh, all right. Well, thank you for being here. Everyone go be in Tarani's field and we'll see you next time. Thank you. Bye-bye.